Awesome. Hey, wonderful to uh, be with you all today. And what a, I love that imagery of the body working together, bringing strength just during worship this morning. I just had a real sense of those who are called into the creative um, in our church family to just bring expression. There's a new expression coming. I mean, everyone's got a creative dimension of their life, and God wants to actually infuse his creativity onto your into your creativity and just bring a great result so whether you're a you know whether you're doing something like landscape designing whether you're plumbing whether you're uh, doing something artistic or the traditional arts whether it's painting or whatever I'm just believing that that expression that you're looking to bring in this season is going to be really profound so anyway let's just go there um Thank you. Thank you, teams, for bringing such an incredible uh, platform here to be able to bring uh, the message to you at home. Welcome. Wonderful to have you with us for our live stream team and our band. Man, weren't they awesome this morning? Let's just put our hands together for them. It's, it's really, really, it's, it's a beautiful thing, I tell you. You're missing out at home, but you'll get a turn here one day, okay? <laughs> Soon, hopefully. Hey, uh, during our summer break, this, uh, just this, about a month or so ago, um, there were a group of us from our family, we were all the boys actually, we decided to go and climb a mountain. We went up uh, Mount Arthur in, in Nelson, and uh, it was reasonably extreme at the end. At the start, though, we, we were on this beautiful big, track um, in a beach forest and you know you could walk alongside each other about three abreast and we're just enjoying you know being in the nature uh, seeing we saw lots of weka I thought maybe I saw a kiwi but you know others argued that point um, and so we walked in this beautiful uh, bush for a, for an hour or so and then suddenly you know the environment started changing around us the 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 the, the wide track became more of a trail uh, the incline increased and, uh, and and then ultimately as we got higher and higher the actual the, the trail disappeared and then all we were left with were, were these blue poles every kind of 500 meters or so and at that point, um, you know, you, we, we, were, we, we could smell the top, you know, of the mountain. It was, it was really cloudy, so we couldn't see anything, but we knew it was coming. And, and, and you had to watch where you were going. Um, you had to make every, every step count on the journey, or else actually there were parts where if you didn't make your step count, you were going to fall off the mountain. And, you know, I would have been in trouble with my sister because I had her boys with me, and that wouldn't have been a, uh, a really good look. And, and, and it, was, it was just uh, an incredible journey to go from this, you know, we're all on this, the same path that we started, was the same path we were on at the end, but when we got near the top, the path looked completely different. And I was just thinking about that in the context of, you know, my journey in life, your journey in life, and in this season of life that we're in. And, and for some of us, this is completely disorientating because now the path that we started on, you know, five years ago, 30 years ago, it, it looks so different in this season in life. Maybe some of those who you started the journey with in this season started with last year or the year before. Maybe they're not with you on the journey right now. I want to encourage you, church, today that that does not mean that you are on the wrong path. I want to encourage you today to fully embrace the mountain climb. You know, that's like leg day, right? What Mitch was talking about. This is not rest day. 
uh, the, the, I'm gonna, I want to encourage you today to embrace the climb because the journey's worth it. The view is going to be worth it. You know, this is my second week on uh, talking about identity and, and, and this series I've just framed in, in, in the context of becoming you. Becoming the truest version of who you are created to be. And the first week I, I spoke about having an identity breakthrough. And we love those moments of breakthrough, of revelation, of something we can really take a hold of and something changes in a moment. But today I want to lean into the, the concept of follow through. <laughs> Who knows that follow through takes a little bit more work sometimes than the breakthrough. You know, in John chapter 14, um, we're going to jump into a conversation that Thomas was having with Jesus. And, um, and, and Thomas, is he's an inquiring mind. I actually think he was probably quite an intelligent guy. We kind of think he was the doubting guy, but I think he was just actually really interested. I'm like, give me the big picture. And so he's keen on just understanding where he's going. Like, where are we going, Jesus? What, what's happening? And, and, and how, what's the five-step plan, you know, to overthrow the Romans uh, so that you can be king? Because that's what all the prophetic words, you know, said. You know, that's a bit of context there. And, and so it says this in John 14 and verse 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. <laughs> can anyone relate to that? Uh, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And we're pretty familiar with the scripture, aren't we, as Christians? Um, I often think it's way easier, at least for me, to wrap my head around Jesus being the truth and the life. Because, you know, everything he said and everything that he did was, was, was deeply profound. But he also said, I am the way. And this, this is kind of mystical. This sounds a little bit more like something that Yoda would say. Yeah. Um, but in Greek, the way means a road, a journey, or a path. So Jesus is saying, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He's saying, I'm a journey. Do the journey with me, and you'll discover the way to go. That's just a little Glenn paraphrase there. As we, you, could, you can go and learn, look at that in your own time. So today, I want to give you three things that follow through the way requires from us. Number one, we need to embrace the way. Embrace the journey. Embrace the path. Embrace the moment. You know, I remember um, as a young teenager encountering Jesus. It was like Jesus walked into my world for the first time. I didn't know I was on a journey. It was like he walked into my world. And, and in that moment, I experienced um, what I can only say is just a radical um, encounter with the Father's unconditional love. And it felt like, even though I'm sure that there was a moment leading up to that, that at that point, my, my Christian journey, my journey to follow Jesus began. And then I went on as a teenager to just kind of struggle with guilt and condemnation 
because of stuff in my life, brokenness, because of sin. And, but I walked on with him and, and, and he was faithful. And in that moment, as I walked with him, I discovered in him, in the way that he was my righteousness, that I was righteous because I was in him. In my 20s, when I was wrestling again on my journey, I'm struggling with a sense of justice. Where am I going in life? I'm wrestling with my identity and that. You know, can anyone relate? And, and on, on this path, he became my vindicator and he became my shield of victory. I remember in my 30s having bouts of chronic pain in my stomach for years. And I wrestled with this. I was discouraged at time. And, and I went and got prayer again for the 100,000th time. <laughs> I got prayer again. And in a moment, I discovered him as my healer. I was just healed from the intense pain. I was doubled over and then I was prayed for and the pain left and I discovered him as my healer. I'm so glad that I found him as my vindicator because then I would have, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have discovered him as my healer. A couple of times in business when we were financially, we were at the wall, you know, I just stayed, I'm going to walk with you, Jesus. And I discovered him as my provider. I want to encourage you this morning, church, young person, someone who's in the fight today, I want to encourage you that Jesus is always found in the context of our struggle. He's found in who we are now, what we're going through now, and, and as we embrace Him as the way, as the one who is on our way, with us along the way, it's like truth and life are added to us. You know, it's kind of ascending. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Invo I want to encourage you right now, wherever you are, just invite Him into your way. Invite Him into your journey this morning. Jesus, let me just pray for you right now. Jesus, we just invite you into the way that we're on. We just thank you that you see us this morning and you deeply care for us, that you have provision for us in this hour, in this climb, in this wrestle, God, and we just say yes to you meeting us in this, in this place in Jesus' name. You know, last week, um, Ann Morrow, it was amazing having her speak into our church, and she actually spoke that message right across the New Life movement um, in New Zealand. She said this, she said, oh, we want the promise, but are we willing to go through the process? In Matthew 19, verse 16, it says, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There's only one who's good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied. Excuse me. He had a drink first, and then he replied. I'm just acting out the moment. Anyway, um, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. 
Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Young man's like, yeah, all these I've kept. He said, what do I still lack? You know, that's interesting. He still feels something's missing. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. You know, on the surface, this guy had a heck of a lot going for him. He was a good guy. He was probably seen as a great role model in his community. He didn't steal. He spoke truthfully. He honored his parents. And as the cherry on top, he loved his neighbors. Like, wow, he was upstanding, outstanding and upstanding. And when he passed by, you know, mothers would say to their children, when you grow up, I want you to be like that lovely young man. Or when you grow up, I would like you to marry that lovely young man. And this wealthy young man, he was on a spiritual journey. You know, like we can see that he was applying his life to pursue God. And he fronted up to Jesus that day, and he fronted up spiritually aware and reasonably emotionally aware as well, I think you could say. But in regard, in, in regardless to all the good things he was doing, he was unable to transition a dimension of his life over to Jesus as he amassed a false sense of security and identity that was in his wealth. And, and so he turned and he walked away sad because he was unable to give up something that Jesus was requiring of him. You know, in the parable of the sower, Jesus said that the seed that fell on the rocky ground are those who receive the seed of God's word with joy. But as soon as a time of testing comes along, they fall away. James 1.3 says, The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In the Bible, the word test means to prove by trial, to prove worthy by trial through trial. James 1 goes on to say that the, that the testing is actually a blessing because when the testing's over and we have stood the test, we receive the crown of life. And we know that a crown actually is a picture of the, of the authority that is imparted to us once we have been proved by the trial. So the trial that we're, we're in, the wrestles that we're in, are actually proving grounds for the authority that God's calling us to all have in life. My second point today, uh, you know, that follow-through requires us to embrace our test. It requires us to embrace our test in this, in this season. You know, the rich young man is the only instance in the Bible that Jesus asked anyone to give away everything to the poor. But Jesus had discerned what was going on in this guy's heart. He discerned what had a hold of this guy's heart. And this was his test. Jesus was saying that unless that treasure goes, you will never be able to treasure who the Father truly is to you. It's always going to be in front of your relationship with me. 
and I, I often think, you know, what if this young man had embraced his test, he'd been obedient and allowed the, the grace and authority of Jesus to touch that entrepreneurial gift that was on his life. There would have been something incredible if he had said, Jesus, I want you in my way. <laughs> I want you on my way and I want you in the way because I need you in the way. Sometimes we need Jesus in the way as well, don't we? You know, when we face our test, I don't know about you, because I'm, pre- I'm preaching to myself this morning, okay? <laughs> Let's just be real. In the natural, when a test comes my way, I either want to like avoid it, ignore it, or shortcut it, or just run away. <laughs> you know, but the Father's invitation to us is to embrace the discomfort of our reality. That's what, that's what it is. It's actually an, inv- an invitation, a test is to embrace the discomfort of our reality in light of his promises. Come on, it's not in isolation, it's in light of his promises and ask him, who, I am in, who am I in you, Jesus? Who am I in you? Right now, in the middle of this moment, when things don't make sense, in the natural, who am I in you all i have is you that is authentic faith when we take a step back with him and he's thinking i've got the best version of you in mind he's not trying to destroy you he's trying to raise you up he's trying to nurture and develop the growth and the potential that is locked within every single person uh, that's in this room that's watching online today, that test is for you to, to nurture and grow the potential that is within you. My third point today, that follow through requires from, from us. And this is a little different. This is to guard our connection with innocence. Follow through requires us to guard our connection with innocence. Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, the true you, the true me, is an innocent, clean, guilt-free you that can only be found in the righteousness of Christ. Guarding the line of innocence that we have with the Father is key for us to maintain and remain connected in the Father's love. When, um, when I know for me, when innocence is broken through condemnation or whatever, when innocence is broken, so goes my perspective on the kingdom of heaven, which is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What breaks a connection of innocence? Because Jesus came to to make that connection so strong and secure so that when the Father looks at us, he doesn't see a dirty, rotten sinner. He sees a saint. He sees a son and a daughter. Come on, he came. He sees the righteousness of Christ in us. But disobedience, condemnation, a critical spirit, you know, offense, even discouragement and despair will, will sever the line of innocence that we have with the Father, at least from our perspective. Come on. So what we watch and you know what we listen to can dilute and dull 
the line of innocence with the Father. James 3.17 says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure. It's first clean. It's first, you know, like it's first innocent. It's then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. But first of all, it is pure. None of that other stuff can come through something that is tainted. That's why it's so important for us to guard and nurture the line of innocence that we have with the Father. And the enemy is going to go after your innocence, especially when you're under trial. Temptation is real. Temptation is not sin. But sometimes temptation in that place of wrestle, we can actually come under condemnation and the line of innocence is broken. Because the devil, actually, he just wants to heap on you why you're not good enough. What, remember the past, why you failed, and you're still that person. But that is a lie. He is the accuser of the brethren. It has to be said also that we can be our own harshest critics. People can be harsh. We don't need to receive criticism from people that we would never go to for advice. Romans 8.39 says this, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And I just believe this is something important to say today. I believe someone needs to know that, that your line of innocence is being restored this morning with the Father, that Jesus came to bring the fullness of that revelation for you to live a guilt-free, innocent life. You know, something that I've learned along the way, along the walk, when I feel alone, <laughs> is that I'm actually never alone in my circumstances that there's never one thing that I have to fix on my own, that my life is never out of control. Psalm 139 says, Even there your hand shall lead me, your right hand shall hold me. Someone needs to know that the Father's holding your hand on the journey today. Today there is grace for you to walk the way of Christ, free of condemnation, to embrace the climb. You know, there's no shortcuts uh, for any one of us to be the best that we're called to be, to be the best version of who we're called to be. There's no shortcuts, but the Father wants to take you on the pathway of transformation. Just to recap, He wants you to embrace His way, to embrace the test, it sounds so tough, doesn't it? But he's thinking, I've got a crown for you. I've got a crown of authority for you when you overcome and to guard your connection with innocence. You know, the myth is that surrendering to Jesus happens only once. Friend, I just want to remind you today that surrendering doesn't mean just giving up. Surrendering takes courage Surrendering calls us to take a hold of God's Word and His promises when things don't make sense, when maybe the way even looks hopeless. But that surrendering 
is the way of obedience and it leads to great connection with the Father. Even when it doesn't make sense. You know, in just a moment, um, in your your home gatherings, we're going to take um, some time to talk and pray about those, um, you know, the message today and those people who you're with. And um, if you're in a house gathering, your your group leaders is going to have some um, discussion points. You know, just before I finish today, the Bible says that those who call on the name of Jesus will be saved. That's Jesus. And he comes running, right? That's not a fancy prayer, but that's just acknowledging the sense of, I just want to, I just need you, Jesus, in this moment. And if you're here today, if you're watching online today, if you've never called on the name of Jesus, I want to encourage you today to call on the name of Jesus, to call on his name. He is faithful to answer your prayer. The prayer of help is a powerful prayer. And if you, if you want to connect with anyone, make sure you connect with us online. Message us. We'd love to get in touch with you to help you and support you. Let me just pray for you this morning. I just want to pray into this from Ephesians chapter, chapter 3. And let's just close our eyes and bow our heads this morning. Father, we just thank you that you're on on this journey with us, you're on the way with us, and maybe we're just at the start of the journey, or maybe we're struggling, you know, towards the mountaintop. We just thank you right now that you are with us and you're guiding our next step. And I just pray right now for someone who needs grace for that next step. We just release that gift of grace and faith in Jesus' name today. I pray today that you would impart the spirit of wisdom and revelation to your church in this hour in Jesus' name. And I pray that everyone, that every gathering this morning would be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And we just, we just wait on your presence right now. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you. We thank you for a new revelation of the, of the width, of the length, of the height, and the depth of your love. And we thank you for the fullness of your love in Jesus' name. Amen.